Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is Best to the Nest. I'm Marjorie Punnett. Elizabeth is with her family at her sister's wedding. So this week, I want to talk about housekeeping. Stay with me. Full disclosure, I could post a picture of my bedroom and my bathroom right now, and you'd know I really don't have a mastery of this subject. A couple of years ago, I found and bought the revised edition of Good Housekeeping's Guide to Successful Homemaking. It's the 1963 edition. Let me just repeat that. The Good Housekeeping's Guide to Successful Homemaking. 1963 edition. This is pre Marie Kondo, pre-decluttering. And according to this book, there's a lot to learn. I do love the idea of homemaking, the idea of being a homemaker. Homemaker. It's a word we've been trying to ditch forever, but if you drop all the retro baggage that comes with it, it's kind of nice. Clean and cozy spaces, family dinners, craft tables. I'm a homemaker. It sounds powerful. And in my head, it sounds way better than breadwinner. But back to the 1963 Guide to Successful Homemaking. I'm going to just go over a couple of the highlights from the book. Chapter one, how to make your home more attractive and livable. There's lots of advice about choosing furniture and decorating, but here's my favorite tip for furnishing your marital bedroom. It's all about what kind of bed you and your husband should have. From the book, page 20, a double bed takes less space, is more effective decoratively, calls for half as much linen, half the time to make, but if you're a twin addict, it says, you'll want twin beds. A single headboard for two beds is a smart note. Really? A shared headboard for separate twin beds is a smart note? How small were the couples in 1963 that a double bed seemed like a good idea? Yeah, so I guess if my only other choice is a double, I'm a twin addict and I'll give up spooning. Chapter 2. The care and cleaning of your home and its equipment. This, of course, is a growth area for me. Luckily, this chapter outlines what my daily cleaning routine should be. The daily routine, that's just a bunch of dusting, vacuuming, and making the beds. Just a reminder from page 93, turn your mattress once a week. I know you probably forgot. I'm supposed to work out a schedule for my daily and weekly cleaning, according to the book. Make your cleaning schedule something you alone can accomplish. This will be, uh, it says, this will keep your house looking good all the time and do away with those domestic upheavals called spring and fall house cleaning. Apparently, those are the big ones. I find no disruption in my spring and fall, and that perhaps is part of my problem. But I want to share with you a quick tip for your summer housekeeping 1963 style. It's about that nasty job of putting up your screens for the summer. I'd lived many summers in Minnesota in a sweet 1930s cottage with its original windows, so I know this job well. Taking down the storm windows, getting the screens out of the garage, hosing them down, trying to fit their old wood frames back into the house. But I didn't realize that I'd been missing an important step all along. From page 94, it writes, screens. Be sure your screens are clean and in good condition before you put them up. Check. Got that? But it goes on. Treat the screens with an insecticide containing 3 to 5% DDT. It should be sprayed or brushed evenly on the screens. If this is done periodically, the DDT will kill insects that might otherwise creep in. Yikes! 
you know a recommendation for lead paint for the children's room or asbestos tiles for the basement is not far behind. And if you don't know what DDT is, do not go to your local Ace Hardware and ask them for it. It will not be there. You just need to look it up. And finally, let's skip to chapter four, Guide to Wise Eating. After that last chapter, we should all be a little afraid. But this is good. It's good advice on shopping. It says, read your local newspaper for the best food buys. You'll find the market reports an excellent guide. Prepare a business-like marketing list. The market reports? Was that a thing? Was that like the weather report? This is good too. The book suggests when buying a watermelon, in order to best judge its ripeness, you have it plugged. Plugged. That means a piece is cut out so that you can examine the flesh of the watermelon. Can you imagine someone in the produce section at Trader Joe's doing that for you? I swear, I'm going to do this the next time I'm there. And there's plenty of advice in the 1963 guide on how to keep our figures. To lose weight, it says, the only practical way to attain weight, I'm sorry, it says the only practical way to attain a weight and stay there is to control your diet and form a habit of daily moderate exercise. A few more sets of tennis or 50 bends a day won't take off the fat. Exercise is a wonderful way to change your figure, but it's difficult to exercise enough to decrease your weight. To take off one pound, you must walk about 36 miles or wash on a washboard for 24 hours. Oh my God wash on a washboard for 24 hours. So is that really where the expression washboard abs comes from? I will never complain about the gym again, but it gets better for the 1963 gal who needs to gain weight. On page 160, the problem of gaining weight often seems more difficult than taking it off. Sometimes loss of weight is due to lack of proper food. Excessive smoking also affects the appetite. Try to confine smoking to the end of the meal if you're trying to gain weight. Here are some other suggestions. Now, let me just interrupt here to say, I love all of these suggestions except number three. And remember, this is about gaining weight. Number one, use cream generously on fruits, cereals, etc. Two, between meal snacks are fine, mid-morning, mid-afternoon, and before bed. Three, use mayonnaise generously on salad. Four, allow time for a hearty breakfast. Five, Try to increase the portion size of all dishes. Six, plenty of sleep is a must. Seven, immediately after rising in the morning, drink a glass of fruit juice. Eight, eat dessert at lunch and dinner. Eight is definitely my very favorite. Nine, eat gravies, sauces, and extra cream. I don't know, that just sounds bad to me, eat gravies. It sounds a little congealed and thick, doesn't it? But it was the 1960s, so they're probably pouring it out of a can. Goes on to say, remember, you will not accomplish wonders overnight. Don't watch the scales too closely, and don't worry. Just map out a campaign, form good eating and sleeping habits, and see if each month doesn't register a steady gain. There are 10 chapters, 315 pages on running an efficient household. Nothing about love or joy or parenting for that matter. But I now know the difference between a beef sirloin cut and the square cut chuck so that I can communicate effectively with my butcher. And I have also learned how to press my husband's suits after that tricky home dry cleaning. The book's pretty handy, actually, other than the cancer-inducing suggestions. But podcast housekeeping is so much easier. First, Many thanks for all the kind notes and the thoughts about the podcast and for listening, subscribing, and telling your friends about us. Thanks especially to my sister, Tracy, who's telling everyone she knows to subscribe. It cracks me up, actually. She's such a big sister still. Love, 
dating, marriage, and family. That's the life cycle that Elizabeth and I talk about, obsess about, and it's never far from my mind that it's a luxury to be able to talk about homes, husbands, and children. I come to this conversation every week with so much gratitude for mine. Second, a favor. Follow us at Best to the Nest on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We are growing every day, and we love that, so thank you. And finally, as part of the mission of Best to the Nest, I look forward owning the word homemaker in 2019 with a definition that is ever and beautifully evolving. As always, thanks for listening. Bye now.